So really, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to I really don't speed. think I don't think you need to do much research because I can fill you in on pretty much everything. Okay, maybe maybe maybe, plus, maybe maybe being me being just like a dummy might actually be a funny format for this anyway. Because I know true. I think I watched some YouTube videos about this conspiracy like five years ago, and like that's the most I've really like thought about it. I, I just want to say real quick, the best headline or yeah headline for an article that I found on this is he was a skater boy. She was replaced by a clone. Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> Cue theme music. <laughs> Welcome to a very legal, very cool, a podcast about skater boys and being replaced by a clone. Avril Lavigne is dead. Hi, I'm Skater Boy. <laughs> Hi, I was replaced by a clone. Avril Lavigne is dead. I feel like that's that's just a good closer for any conversation we're having. Is what? Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne is, is dead. dead. It's like, hey, Seth, how's it going? Glad to have you on the show. Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> hey, Jared, it's good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It's my first time guesting on a podcast. I just, I'm really excited to be here. Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like some bizarre, like, satanic, like, you know, hail Satan or, you know, Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> oh, that's great. Avril Lavigne is dead. Abolish ice. Fuck the police. Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> And there's the cold open, Avril Lavigne. Yeah, that's said. the cold open. We're in. We're in now. Uh, I haven't done any research. <laughs> I'm excited for so, you guys to tell me about stuff. Oh, this is another good one. Avril Lavigne is not dead. And she's not dumb. If we're going to argue that Avril Lavigne is not dumb, I would like to point you to her most recent full-length record, where she released the single Dumb Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Which, now that I think about it, now that I think about it, the chorus of that might go, I ain't no dumb blonde, so. I'm Googling it. Yeah, but I prefer not to think that far ahead into things. That's her collaboration with Nicki Minaj, which, of course, is, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. where the shark has gotten completely jumped. Uh, Yeah. I ain't no dumb blonde, I ain't no stupid Barbie doll. That's the chorus. Isn't the Barbie doll comparison, like, so mid-early 2000s? She's stuck in the mid two thousands because she died. That's <laughs> well. Let's, died be, let's be honest, then. Yeah, it would have been early two thousands. Whoa. Okay. Oh, actually, uh, where does mid start? I would guess four. I was gonna say five. Well, four is mid six, just five then? Because mid to me is like yeah. four to seven ish, maybe. Like that's kind of the mid range. Yeah, that tracks with me. Mm-hmm. Thought about any that. year that's not 2000 or 2010. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in the middle 2000s. <laughs> yeah, nine eleven mid aughts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Avril Lavigne is dead. <laughs> Avril Lavigne is dead. Long live Avril Lavigne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I, I don't want to host your show for you, but since I have all the information, I feel like I should just start talking, huh? Well, we got, we got some. No, stuff. no, we've, we've got, we've, we've got a whole format we need to work through. You've done three episodes and you already have a format. Yeah, of course. We, we started oh, with damn. a format. Yeah. Well, we've always I mean, it's a very it. loose format. And it's also but... a format that involves it, uh, the assumption we'll be dicking around a lot. And so I'm like worried yeah. we'll get on a, a really boring guest sometime and then we'll be like, uh-oh. Uh, 
Well, that's that's on us to make it interesting and them uncomfortable. I don't. So at the current point, we're not deep enough in the episode. The music hasn't happened yet, so we probably should make the music happen. What do you think? Well, the music happens when we do our, you yeah. know, welcome, yeah. very legal, very cool. What what did we decide for today? I liked I liked um, my dead one. I liked your dead one, and then I had an addition to it that I forgot. Okay, fine. Hey, welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, a podcast about dead people and those of us who can see them. Oh, wait. No, the one that I... What was the one you wanted? It was Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, a show about dead people and their body doubles. I don't know that I love either of these, but... Oh, I like them. I mean, I told you openly I was being lazy this time. That's true. Seth, do you have one? Uh, Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, the show about dead people and the bodyguards who replace them. <laughs> ah, there we go. Nice. I'm not a very paying that much attention to Avril Lavigne because uh, I'm not 14. Uh, <laughs> she released a worship song. Oh Incredible. my god, I want it. What is it? What's it called? Uh, I think it's Head Underwater or Head Above Water. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear it. What, what we can do is we can just listen to it and narrate it for our, uh, for our audience so that we're not breaking any, any laws. So we're opening on a waterfall and an ocean with some rocks. It looks like it's probably somewhere in Europe. There are seagulls. No music yet, <laughs> but we're getting there. She is in a white dress, holding a lamp. Ooh, we've got the piano intro. This is definitely a worship song. See, I appreciate that she's wearing a white dress because that really paints that virginal image that we all think about when we think of Avril Lavigne. <laughs> oh, she's going over, walking over some like volcanic sand or something like that. So you got that real black-white contrast. Is this going to be like a whole three minutes of the podcast? Is you dictating what you? What you no, it's a four-minute and sixteen-second song. Oh. <laughs> He's got a pretty impressive. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I missed my opportunity to make a joke. You were talking about black-white contrast, so I'm just going to punch in with my joke here. Um, okay. You know who else has a black-white contrast? <laughs> America. <laughs> very legal, very cool. A podcast about black lives, and do they matter? <laughs> Survey says yes. Yes, hey, hey. <laughs> Okay, so so where are we at in this video? Yeah, yeah. What's going on with the video? Oh, I closed it. Oh, thank I had God. It hey, uh, Jared, what are you drinking today? <laughs> I'm drinking unflavored coffee. Cool. I'm also with drinking, no additives. <laughs> I'm also drinking uh, coffee with nothing added to it. Uh, Seth, what are you drinking this morning? I want that Mountain Dew Zero Sugar Shrine. Mountain Dew, it'll fix you. Oh God! Um, yeah, this is the first time we've recorded in the morning. This is weird. I don't love it. <laughs> I'm really glad that Seth is sharing his video because you've got some really quality facial expressions that are happening during this, and it's really giving me energy. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it keeps it going. Uh, we are joined this morning. With Seth Reinecke of Idle Curiosities. Say hello, Seth. Hey, how y'all doing? That's good. I'm, I'm going to just dial it down and give you nothing now. Oh, God. 
Uh, yeah. So you're on a show called Idle Curiosities, and we've we've talked about this show before. And what what we would like to ask of you is, why won't you return our calls? Bitch, I am on your show. <laughs> That's you've, like you've been ghosting us for weeks. <laughs> on a scale, there is returning your calls and then being on your fucking show. Okay, <laughs> I am way past returning your calls at this point. But I mean, it would be nice. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean. Um, uh, I wish we'd prepared a bunch of like loaded questions for Seth, like we did to Austin, because that was really fun. Wait, how did you bully Austin? Uh, so the, well, the first question I asked him was I read all of the, like two comments he'd made about the podcast on Twitter to him and then said, so my first question for you is why don't you believe in us? See, this is great podcasting because people have already heard this and now you're just telling it to me. So I get yeah, like, yeah. the recap, right? Yeah. I'm it's great, this. great podcasting. Yeah. No, this is like the recap, like the, the beginning part of every episode that just sort of flows into what happened on the last episode I, to keep the audience up, up to date. Previously on Very Legal, Very Cool. <laughs> we left a lot of cliffhangers, man. <laughs> like, will we sell all of these goddamn Dead Sea Scrolls? I promise we will not. <laughs> my my sister worked for Hobby Lobby for a while there, and I just felt really bad about it because I, mm-hmm. I constantly wanted to shit talk Hobby Lobby, but I also didn't want to make her feel bad because it was her first job. Oh, yeah. But now she's not there anymore, so I can just, like... You can do it. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> All right, so so let's dive in, dive in for real. So we have... I'm diving. <laughs> oh, God. I'm diving in. I'm going deep. Seth Reinecke, our second guest on, on Very Legal, Very Cool, and we've got, <laughs> and also the host of Idle Curiosities. Seth, can you tell us a bit about yourself and or Idle Curiosities? Yeah, so I host a podcast called Idle Curiosities where me and my co-host, Jason, spend our time looking through our Google search history for the week. And then talking about why we searched for the things we did and whether or not we learned anything. Uh, Usually we don't. (laughs) That's Um, about it. Also, I'm currently eating these World Cuisine Saffron Road Crunchy Chickpeas Falafel, a mixture of exotic Middle Eastern spices like paprika and turmeric. And they are mediocre. (laughs) I mean, they're from Connecticut. And, you know, when you want falafel-flavored chickpeas, you think of Connecticut. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's not true, true. that's totally true man <laughs> that is not true. the land of falafel <laughs> anyway i bring this up because i think it's important to know that as a person i'm the type of person who eats chickpeas from connecticut oh yeah that says something about you i'm not necessarily saying it's like a bad thing but it says like a, it makes a statement. it's a statement it's a bold yeah. statement about seth it's very whole foods of me specifically mountain dew and falafel now that's a fascinating like look into your personality listen it's it it says that i'm 18 but also that i'm a liberal <laughs> it's like i'm 18 but i listen to this american life <laughs> hey seth if you're into a podcast that uh you can read your google searches to us uh why don't you just do that now you should read a google search to us you know if you're so bold like what, that what? Let me pull up my history and see what I got. Um, most recently this morning, I googled Andrew WK Breitbart. 
And how'd that go for you? Well, as we all know, Andrew WK is a big fan of Breitbart, who has I, regularly I didn't know that. guested on Glenn Beck's The Blaze and is friends with Gavin McInnes. Ah, I dressed up as uh, Andrew WK for Halloween, but I didn't know that fact when I did that. So Andrew WK is one of those people that I, I know of him. I really do. But I don't actually know who that is. I just kind of pretend that I know anytime he comes up, and it's gone very well for me so far. That's fair. I've seen him speak. Like I've, I was at a, like a convention type, a music convention in Des Moines that that he spoke as the headline like keynote speaker. Okay. Well, I guess I'm I'm unclear as to whether he's a musician or a motivational speaker or a political commentary. It's kind of. Uh, I didn't know about the political. Yeah. I just do the first two. He's kind of both. The first two. So I'm. I'm not saying that he's a white supremacist, but if you look at the way he dresses himself. <laughs> You're not saying it, but he's implying it. I would never say anything. That That is a blanket statement that I agree with. I I will never take a stance on anything. There's a loophole right now that, you know, Austin introduced to us that you could take advantage of, which is that uh, you can do libel because we're the ones that would get sued because we published the content. Oh, that's very interesting. Honestly, I'm just going to kind of take the approach on this show today of following Houston's law in like the spirit of the law. And uh, Houston's yeah. law mm. is, as we know, never tweet. <laughs> mm. That's a good law. So I, I'm, I'm going to follow the spirit of that. <laughs> well, well, we expect you to tweet about us. That's uh, that's part of the guest contract on yeah, our show. Yeah. So we'll uh, <laughs> we're going to need you to break that, but. I was going to say, Seth, is that an SM7B? And as a follow-up, why do you like wasting money? (laughs) (laughs) I have so much to say on this topic, and I don't want to derail us for the whole hour. But but yeah, so yes, this is an SM7B. And I like throwing away money because I am of the belief that you should buy nice instead of buy twice. That, I've noticed that in Idle Curiosities as a theme. That said, I probably could have just bought a Yeti and been happy. <laughs> Which is, that's what I use. Yeah, I think we've got... I mean, I possibly, I possibly would have been happier because this mic needs to be serviced. And in order to service it, that costs about 180 bucks. Good Lord, what, what servicing needs to be done and how frequently? So there's something fucked up about the XLR jack on it. Which oh. is why I will occasionally like cut out. Oh, okay. That could be and in order to get that fixed, I have to send it into Sure, and that costs way too much money, so I haven't done it. But that also means I now have this super expensive microphone that is also kind of a piece of shit. That sucks. Yeah, that I sucks, think we've man. got like the the full gamut of microphones on this show. So Josiah, you're on a Blue Yeti. I've got an AKG P420, mm-hmm. and you've got the the Sure. <laughs> SM7B. So I'm I'm interested for future guests, by the way, because I think um some of them are de- like are not gonna have decent mics and we're gonna have very weird audio quality differences, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. We'll if if they call in with there. AirPods, you're allowed to just hang up. <laughs> uh you should mention your you should mention your switch format idea to Seth. 
my switch for <laughs> so Seth, Seth, what I want to do is I want to do like a trading places podcast edition where for one episode, very legal, very cool and idle curiosity switch formats. Yes, but see, in order to do that, I'd have to get Jason on board with your bullshit. And I don't feel like that's worth the energy. I, I think, yeah, I think we will get more... Jason on board. Uh, you can work on that. He's, he's I, like, I feel like he's the more like serious one out of the two of you. I, I blame Jason's more serious nature on the fact that he actually has two kids. Whereas right. I am, I'm just like this unemployed shitbag who sits at home and does nothing all day and has no responsibilities. Yeah. And I, I think that makes us a really good balance for each other. I, it's a good vibe. I mean, uh, if, if a better way to explain this is that Jason is the, uh, is the Jared of your podcast <laughs> and I'm the Seth. And it could only be Jared. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I, I'm sure you've never heard that joke before. <laughs> never. Rule number one in comedy, always make jokes about people's names because they're always original. I mean, I God. think you'd probably prefer that one over like a Jared Fogel bit. I was going to say, like, as you're saying this, there's a there's a subway ad just staring at me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Seth, uh, you're from Wisconsin. Why? I'm not. <laughs> um, no. I'm from Iowa. I just happen to be stuck in Wisconsin. Do you prefer Iowa to Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Why, do you, why don't you like Wisconsin? I mean, it's probably mainly to do with the fact that I'm in a town of 3,000 people, and in order to get groceries, I have to drive half an hour. Have you considered yeah, making your home like self-sustaining? And thus not needing to worry about groceries. Like, 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 yeah, like put a windmill in back and grow some vegetables. Mm -hmm. Have a small farm. I, I did try growing vegetables, but it turns out I am bad at A, weeding, and B, mm. watering. Mm -hmm. Two very important parts in growing vegetables. <laughs> One would say make the majority of the process of growing vegetables. I think there's a third one, which is fertilization, and I <laughs> haven't even bothered to Google that. Right. I've been trying the same, and I've just been shitting on the garden in the backyard, and it has not been working. I, I think there are more steps to it than that, but I think that no. involves spending money on, like, products. And... Right. And if it's something I can make myself. Well, now that we're talking about it, I actually love spending money on dumb bullshit that doesn't matter. So yeah, I was going to say, we just had the microphone conversation, like, 10 yeah, minutes so ago. I... <laughs> You and I are, are exactly on the same page here, Seth. And speaking of buying dumb bullshit. <laughs> no, I actually don't have anything for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get started with Avril Lavigne, I want to just ask yeah. each of you, you know, what's, what's your personal history with the entertainment sensation that is Avril Lavigne? I mean, I'm sure we all know Skater Boy. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. sure we all know Complicated. I'm sure we all know Weird Al's parody of Complicated, Constipated. Mm -hmm. But what, mm -hmm. what's, what's your personal history with uh, Avril Lavigne? What do you know? Well, like mine can go first. Um, I've never really listened to Avril Lavigne much. I know the gists. Um, I would say Avril Lavigne was um, somebody who a girl I have a crush on would be listening to. And that was most of my like childhood experience with it, which also does reflect that I probably don't have a very good taste in like romantic partners. So when I was when I was much younger, I heard Constipated by Weird Al. And that of course led me to listen to Complicated by Avril Lavigne. 
and then Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. And then I spent the rest of my childhood with a giant crush on Avril Lavigne that persists to this day. So so once again, I think we're on the same page because that's pretty much my exact story. As I started with Constipated, worked backwards to Complicated, got to Skater Boy. God, we and, suck. <laughs> and have been in love ever since, yeah. In my mind, Avril Lavigne is what like scene girls listened to before they found Black Veil Brides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and not, not to turn this into like, a scene core metal core um podcast but i do think we need to talk about the cultural weight that avril had i mean you couldn't set foot in the oh hot my God. topic oh yeah avril oh, lavigne sure. is the reason that hot topic has any sort of cultural relevance i you know i can't uh, she I don't is know the grandmother of pop punk no, but you she keep is. almost you keep almost saying hot pocket, and that's really funny to me. <laughs> hot pocket. <laughs> no, but I mean she she is kind of a the cultural icon that yeah she uh, um, she ruined demo music. Pop, well, that began like that female fronted pop punk band thing. Yeah, Paramore. Well, I, 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 I think it's worth saying without Avril and without Paramore, Hot Topic would never sell any merch mm-hmm. for women. That's true. That's that is a like fair point. There's probably like a fair gendered point about our dislike for Avril Lavigne, but I don't really want to get into it. Uh, let's, well, let's be very no, no, clear. No, I want to be you're clear. I want to be clear. I do not dislike. Yeah, I do you're not the only Avril one here that doesn't like Avril Lavigne. Oh, I don't like her, but I love Paramore. I don't know if that that <laughs> that doesn't make you not sexist. I mean, we're not saying that you're sexist, but that well, doesn't we're heavily implying it. <laughs> the first step to recovery is admitting you are. So I I am. A misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure that the steps of recovery included podcasting. Yeah, podcasting. Yeah, no, that was definitely a step back. Uh, it's okay as long as that's, that's the only step you take. Yeah, that was uh, that was basically getting a job at the misogyny factory. <laughs> so I want to ask the question. I mean, we've all heard the singles from Avril. But do you know much about her debut album, Let Go? No. Not really, actually, other than the singles off of it. It's worth stating, Let Go hit number two globally. Oh my god. Did it go uh, like 7x platinum? Uh, I actually don't know the sales numbers. But it, I mean, number two globally is such a huge thing in, mm-hmm. what was it, 2001, 2003, whatever where buying CDs was still a thing. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. yeah. So looking at, you know, Avril with her debut record at the age of 17 went number two globally is where we get into this theory. Because the theory is in 2003, following the debut record, her parents divorced and then she committed suicide from the pressure. Ah. Which, you know what? That tracks. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am on board. Yeah. yeah. So you're like the believer, right? I'm not saying I believe, <clears throat> but I'm saying so far, this all makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the amount of pressure on like a child star, and then throw a divorce in there, right? Is, and and too, like you know, she she was 17, I believe, when 
Yeah, 17 when let's let go you know, blew up. And so she'd already been in the in this world for I think a couple of years prior to this, and she had quit school to focus on this. So this, you know, this was her life. She was already pretty yeah. deeply entrenched entrenched in it by the time let go was released. And without knowing any more like specific details, I think it's fair to say when you're a 17 year old daughter becomes an overnight sensation, that's probably going to take a toll on your marriage in some way, unless you're really secure already and have yeah. stuff really figured out. Mm -hmm. So I think most likely the divorce of her parents was because of her. Man, I was going to make a joke that you were saying that, and then you've just said <laughs> it. I was like, you're just literally blaming her for her parents' divorce. But no, you... I'm not blaming her because I... There's no way she could have become this successful without parental um, interference, we'll say. This is... So I think the parents dug their own grave here. That's interesting because the Wikipedia article and other articles I've read frame it as a very like positive support for her career. Like, you know, like her dad converted their basement to a studio space and bought her all these instruments and they fully supported her, her music career. But you're saying, and, and as makes sense, that there is a, there could be a darker angle to this. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know that this is a podcast for smart people who have read books. So let me take that it in a literary right. direction. I've never read quick. a book. Yeah. Yeah. To take it in a literary direction, I think we can compare this to Frankenstein. Where Frankenstein did all of this work to create this this creature, and then the creature, you know, murdered him. Tell us more about how you see Avril Lavigne as a creature. What, well, what I'm saying is that her parents created this 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 monster of fame, a fame monster, mm -hmm. as it were, as Lady Gaga would come to refer to it in the future. This fame monster then turned around and killed them. And it's a, nobody's fault. It's certainly not Avril's fault mm. that this giant thing reared its ugly head and destroyed the marriage. I, I don't know that's that this... the nature of fame, baby. <laughs> I don't know that that's, that's fair to, to Avril to give her parents that much credit, though. Because um, well, really, once, once it kind of takes hold, it's sort of out of their hands. In a lot oh, of ways. absolutely, absolutely. But they had to like they had to go in and they had to lay the groundwork. Sure. They had to sign the consent forms. Actually, I don't know how Canada works. Maybe none of this matters in Canada. I think Canada's got stricter laws about this kind of stuff, if I'm correct. Yeah, but this was like that the early two thousand, right. so really anything goes. This is pre Trudeau. Right. Yeah, before then, uh, you know, the Canada was just like the Wild West, and then Trudeau came in and like, tanked, you know, <laughs> back before we knew that leaders could be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back back before Trudeau made the racism into like a more palatable thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly, exactly. And honestly, well, nope, I'm not going there. <laughs> Man, this isn't a politics podcast. What are we doing? <laughs> oh man, she had her own old line. What was that? She had her own clothing line with Kohl's. Holy shit. She sure did. So yeah, Avril had this clothing line. She had this record. She was raking in the money, raking in the success. She had to hire a body double uh, because the paparazzi were just getting so extreme. So then... Well, I, I had heard she two sides of this. So okay, either the, 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 the body double was because it was so extreme or... 
the alternative, which I find to be more likely, was that she just did not enjoy the fame part of it. And so they she hired this body double to do the work side. Like they, they would attend the press events and um, take care of some of the more mundane public, public appearances so she didn't have to. Yeah, and that, that's kind of two sides of the same coin. I, I no, sure, sure, that. but it's two, but, two different emotions attached to it, I guess. So I think that that muddies the timeline, though, because then you have to think about if Melissa, the body double, was going to events prior to Avril's alleged suicide, then wouldn't the before and after picks be even more confused because we'd have like an overlap in the timeline? But we don't have that overlap. We have a distinct moment where all of a sudden. Her face shape changes, her nose shrinks a little, and she kind of just becomes, dare I say it, a different person. Wow. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. <laughs> you have oh, to do yeah. an ad now. now yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of a joke at this point, yeah. Hey, this is Seth for Saffron Road Crunchy Chickpeas Falafel. They taste like <laughs> shit, but there's something to eat. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Crunch them on mic today. <laughs> Wait, just a second, just a second. So one thing that I mean, I guess this this does continue to muddy the timeline, but one of the thoughts had been that Melissa was Avril's friend. Like they she had been hired on earlier as a body double. The two had become pretty close friends, and there's even a picture out there. That and this is part of why people think it's Melissa with uh, Avril at a photo shoot. She's got Melissa written across her hand, um, oh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the the theory being that they had become very close uh, as this went on. Then Avril either took her own life or died. Uh, there, there's one uh, one theory that she died in a snowboarding accident, which very on brand and cool, but. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that. if that had happened, if that had happened, I feel like they would have been able to leverage that into more merchandise opportunities, which they didn't. Like a branded <laughs> snowboard? Yeah, so I, I'm very skeptical of that one just because it feels like sure. a capitalism machine really would have taken hold of that one. Sure, and, and this is a good question to get into later as we dissect whether or not this this is uh, real or not of what is the actual financial advantage of of keeping the brand alive like that, like faking faking a new person just to keep the brand alive. But but we'll dive into that. I'll, I'll hand it back to you here, Seth. Well, I, I think that is a very reasonable thing to dive into because we're talking about she already has this body double who in some versions of the theory is going and doing public appearances for her. So then all of a sudden, new Avril, after old Avril's death, New Avril is in the situation where they're already a piece of this brand. They're already the face of this brand. Mm-hmm. And Let Go made so much money that if you can keep the continuity going and put out a second record and to try and recapture that magic, how could you financially make the decision not to do that? I mean, if you're a record label, you have an obligation to make as much money as possible. So you can't just leave this on the table. So all of a sudden, we're moving forward. We've got a second record, and Melissa is caught up in the middle of it. And one thing which that... leads to, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I don't no, want you to talk in paragraphs. Okay, so that leads to 
the problem of what does Melissa do now that she's been put in this position of playing a new Avril on a much larger, much longer scale than what was originally intended? Because originally this was just a body double situation, mm-hmm. but now she's the whole star. So as they go in and they're writing and they're recording the second record, we see lyrics come through that have a lot more to say than the first record did. It's a much darker record. And that's because you can't just write another fun pop record for teens following a tragedy like this. And so then you get into lyrics, you get lyrics like nobody's home that has the lines. Well, I couldn't tell you why she felt that way. She felt it every day. And I couldn't help her. I just watched her make the same mistakes again. Holy shit. Melissa's got something to say. Huh. But see, like for me, I think the dark, the darker tone, I mean, probably just comes out of, um, I don't know, like the, the pressures we just talked about with like the divorce and the whatever. I think you could kind of probably easily say it's still Avril. And bear in mind, her grandfather died during all of this as well. Oh, so shit. there was the divorce, the death of her grandfather, and uh, all this mounting fame. So I, I think that I'm not going to say both are equally <laughs> plausible, but it, it does make sense to your point, Josiah, to have uh, yeah, to, to have a much more dark, depressing, emotional album come and follow after all that time. But keep in mind, too, that... She also recorded the theme song for the SpongeBob SquarePants movie during this time. (laughs) I mean, I think that's a really easy thing to look at because once again, all of this, literally all of this is motivated by the capitalism machine. Well, sure. Without capitalism, we don't, without capitalism, we don't have to replace Avril with Melissa. Without capitalism, we don't have to take these bullshit jobs like the SpongeBob theme. We're allowed to just let watch good what you say out. about SpongeBob, but yeah. <laughs> no, I want to be clear here. I think SpongeBob has done a lot of great things. I think the new Broadway <laughs> musical for SpongeBob is truly incredible and a, a masterpiece, a work of genius. Uh, I think you should all go see it. There's currently a streaming version of it that you should all watch because it is a treat. I uh, I want to get like an air horn or something that I do every time someone says the word capitalism on this we podcast. Are four for four <laughs> on capitalism like, it always finds a way to come up. <laughs> but it's true. And I mean, there there's a whole episode that can be made on how that ruins the spirit of the music industry, right? And like, well, you know, let's be real. The music industry itself is not what it pretends to be. It's, uh, it's a money-making machine that promotes... The, the the lowest common denominator in a lot of music and the the indicator of success for a lot of musicians comes down to who has the most money behind them but I, that's why the best connections that's why i don't quite buy this theory because i think if mm-hmm. if it was truly just the the money machine with melissa being like the face of it you know i think they would be ghostwriting the lyrics i don't think they would be having melissa like write the lyrics and i think that it, they would try to just produce that first album again just a fun yeah i, I don't think that melissa would have gotten any credit yeah. for any of this yeah well i don't i don't know that that's necessarily true because a lot of singers really do have to have some sort of authentic connection with the words that they're singing. And they knew that they were tied to Melissa at this point, right? They know that Melissa's already been the face of Avril, of the Avril brand, we'll call it. And so Melissa now has a lot of leverage. It's just like how Robert Downey Jr. 
was able to rake in so much money on those later Avengers movies because Marvel was tied to him. They were obligated yeah. to him. He he didn't have to do anything except say, hey, if you don't pay me this money, I'm out and your franchise falls. And that's the position that Melissa was in. Melissa had the bargaining chip and Melissa had the bargaining power. Melissa was able to say, if I don't write these songs, you don't get songs and your brand topples. And there's also another side of this that we're not quite considering of who in the industry actually knew. Like, is it just a small group of like 10 or 10 or fewer people or something that knew that Avril actually died and has been replaced? And if that's the case, then the people that she's working with and writing with would have no technically no idea that she's not Avril. And so in order to keep it alive, they would want to push Melissa as much into the role of Avril as possible. And I but, think that's that's really that's a really good observation. I guess Avril's dead. One one difficulty for me in accepting it though is just like finding somebody that is that uh, similar to Avril Lavigne, who is already kind of an exceptional person, right? So incredible voice from a young age, very successful musician who has a very specific look and a very specific um, attitude about her, and then to find somebody that you can just press of a button, replace her with not only a body double, but a personality, voice, and ability double. Now, I think that's unfair because as as I'm about to present, we'll see that the personality and voice really, really aren't the same. And not even the body. I mean, if if we look at Melissa, Melissa's nose is smaller. Uh, Melissa can't hit the high notes and complicated and I'm with you in live performances while the original Avril could like if you look back at the video there's a video of the original Avril performing those songs and flawlessly hitting those high notes where Melissa can't Melissa has to change the arrangement and get around those uh, additionally Melissa is shorter than Avril in order to disguise that in order to disguise that they ended up changing her entire style she switched from wearing Converse for that first record to heels in order to disguise that change in height. Um, her signature has changed. Her birthmarks and freckles have changed. Uh, she started showing more skin in videos and photos and going more PG-13, as it were. Avril had previously talked about how she'd never get like into a preppy phase, wearing preppy clothes and being you know, that type of person. But then as soon as the change happens, we see an embrace of prep culture. And eventually even going forward into like creating more kawaii stuff like the Hello Kitty single, which there's no way that the original Avril could have ever put forth something like that. I, I disagree. Just, it's so far afield. I, dis- I disagree. I, I, this part of the argument doesn't hold a lot of water for me. The, uh, specifically the, um, the change in her, in her um, style. Uh, yeah, the change in her style and her music. That doesn't hold any water for me because she was 17 when uh when let go was released well, like and take a then, look at like like taylor like swift whole, or something yeah and and then you know the whole world ahead of her she is one of the most popular artists in the world and you know i think back at things that i said about myself and that i would never do when i was 17 I, a totally different person within almost every year since then right well not since then but in that period of like 16 through 20 right is a huge transition period and especially especially if you have your music career like explode during that 
it, it comes as no surprise that she would be a fundamentally different person before Let Go was a huge success and moments after. So you're saying, and I, I just, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you fully. You're saying Uh-oh. that fame and money can change a person. <clears throat> oh, I would yeah. never say something like that. So I'm about to drop an image into <laughs> our group chat. Uh-oh. And I want you to tell me if fame and money can change a person this much. So go go ahead and take a good long look at that. In the yes. first photo, we see what appears to be possibly a high school yearbook photo. It is original Avril wearing a V-neck t-shirt, a nice understated necklace, glasses, and bob length hair. Very simple, very understated, happy. And then in 2013, we see an Avril with long, feathered, extension-laden hair. Still an understated necklace, which, you know what, props to her. Um, (laughs) Completely overdone black eyeshadow, bracelets, tattoos, an exposed midriff. You're telling me that these could be the same person? I don't think so. You're becoming every conservative conspiracy theorist in this moment. (laughs) Look at that nice young lady and what she became. This is what this, Satan will do to you. I was going to say, this is the power this of is, liberalism. The before image is before she smoked weed, and the after image is after doing one whole marijuana. Uh. <laughs> see, I want to be clear. The other conspiracy theory that I was thinking about talking about today was whether or not they actually did put something in the water to turn the frogs gay. <laughs> First off, yes. But... <laughs> I 100% buy that one. <laughs> and I want to be clear here as well on another thing that I feel like I haven't addressed um, mm-hmm. in enough depth, which is that, yes, I am aware that I am, in fact, a man commenting mm-hmm. on a woman's body. Yes. yes. And I do recognize how gross that is. Yes. But what's more gross is that they would try to pull the wool over our eyes <laughs> for this many years <laughs> about the fact that it's a different fucking person. Well, I'm convinced. Seth, Seth, is Mel home right now? Oh, absolutely not. No. (laughs) Oh, man. I would that. Oh, man. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, (laughs) I think I'm sold. I was going to say, Josiah, you are, you're the big holdout here. You know, you're, you're not a big fan. You don't, you don't have the same level of hero worship that Seth and I have towards Avril. No. Uh, you were skepti- skeptical from the get-go, and you haven't done any research. So <laughs> the the heights thing is the most interesting to me. Yeah. So so that's, where that's... where do you stand now? Uh, plausible. Ooh. So if this was a MythBusters episode, we'd have that you know that end sequence with the plausible I mean, sign, right? I mean, but like maybe it's not as extreme but like in the unreleased moon landing episode that will eventually someday release um th- yeah we'll see i just kind of like you know just keeping our fans eager for hearing it one day um we're no, gonna like, overhype the shit out of it no it's a terrible episode but the, the stance i had in that is like i don't believe the moon landing was faked but i believe the reasons for it to have been faked are pretty damn legit like sure. they're, they're pretty much there like i like it's you know the cold war or whatever anyway with this it's kind of like yeah i could see the reasoning behind this i just don't know if i fully buy it it just feels like a like a complicated thing to pull off because you have like death records and you have like you'd have to get the state involved in this like weird way that i think would just be hard to do 
Well, here's here's another twist, and I'm I'm interested, Seth, to hear your your take on this. So, Avril Lavigne's first husband, the uh, the Sum Forty One lead vocalist, Derek, um, good dude. They good met. Dude. Yeah, don't even 17. try. Don't even try. They met when she, when they were seven when she was seventeen before she would have allegedly um, become Melissa. And died. I want to talk about that for a second. Um, do we know where Sum Forty One was in their career at that point? In what year? Two thousand four. Uh, let me let me look at the Sum Forty One Spotify. Because I for I mean I mean not. that's that's like three years after All Killer No Filler, which is like the big. I don't yeah, they would have been big pretty one. big at that point. I would. And, imagine. I, I think we would still be hearing um, like Fat Lip on various edgy radio stations at this point. Right. So this is peak Sum Forty One, mm-hmm. and. At this point, Derek has managed to hitch his train to this up-and-coming star. This person who, with their two forces combined, could really create a musical pop-punk empire. They are the darlings of the pop-punk scene. I mean, I don't know if Alt Press was doing reporting back then, but goddamn, that would have been a great headline for them. And they could have run with that for ages. Oh, yeah. So, of course, of course. Derek, mm-hmm. under the constraints of capitalism, is going to say, let's hold on to this. Of course, I'll go with the transition. I'll go with Melissa. Because, I mean, we don't have any evidence as to whether or not they kept up the marital side of things in private. But on the public front for the brand, yeah, of course you keep that going. Because you are a superstar powerhouse couple that is only catapulting each other's careers higher i you know that's a fair point I mean, you got us there um <laughs> and then, sorry i'm downloading an air horn app oh god do you have to yeah i do Fuck, well, why I, are there I ads? Like to take some time and there... I... okay wait wait yeah, uh, real, real. What was the factor you said? Capitalism. Yes, yes, yes. Capitalism. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just wanted that. That's terrible. That's that's a really <laughs> bad air air horn effect. I'm sorry. That was the first thing that came but, up when I looked it up on the app store. <laughs> I need to go back to this though, because after all of this, after the Melissa thing, you know, Derek's writing for the next Sum 41 record, and he writes the song Pieces. Where he has the lyrics, I tried to be perfect, it just wasn't worth it. Nothing could ever be so wrong. Holy shit. I mean, that's clearly a lyric about trying (laughs) to fit in with the... Well, it's trying to fit in with the Melissa narrative and realizing that Mm -hmm. he can't do it. Because, yeah, of course that's going to take a heavy weight on your soul trying to play into this thing while still grieving the death of your your wife or your partner. I'm not sure exactly what they're. Well, they wouldn't was. have been married at that point because he would have married Melissa according to the timeline because they got married or he proposed in 2005. So it would have been a very brief crossover. Listen, I think I've taken this line of thinking as far as it needs to go. Well, I, you know, <laughs> here, like, like, you know, this is some 41 lyric that I think suggests quite a bit. Um, that maybe the Melissa thing is true. Uh, well, I know I'm not the one you thought you knew back in high school. That's very interesting. <laughs> that's, that's from 2001. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be interesting if it wasn't so early. Unless yeah. we want to maybe call it prescient. 
was was the substitution part of Derek's doing? I mean, we know that Derek's great at building a brand. Some 41 has done well. They continue to do well. <laughs> so I think that there is another piece of very, very supporting evidence towards this in the media that Avril slash Melissa participated in down the road. So her, fir- her film debut, debut was in Over the Hedge in 2006, uh, several Great years show. after Great the switch show. would have happened. And she played Heather, the emo possum. And, <laughs> and of course, the, uh, the signature move of the, of the possum is to play dead. And <laughs> <laughs> towards the end of the film, there is the, you know, the iconic scene where, you know, she, or throughout the film, she she is resistant against playing dead. And she hates how her dad does it all the time. And towards the end, she has her coming to Jesus moment where she is able to play dead to save her her father's life. And this is incredible research. Thank you, thank you. I watched Over the Hedge. And um, man, I will, I need to go back and watch that. It's been and years. so you know the message that this is giving is that. You know, there is that that family pressure that that she dealt with. And towards the end, there was there was death and rebirth that ultimately solved it. So So where does uh where does Ben Folds fit into all of this? Hopefully nowhere. Well he was well, rocking the summer. Yeah, because of over the, yeah, the, of over so. the head. That was that. <laughs> but I, I think that this is an this is a subliminal message to to really tell in re- to tell the full story of what happened from beginning to end, from death and rebirth into from Avril to to Melissa. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in now. You got me. <laughs> but I think I think it's important at this point to go. We can't really discuss a full conspiracy theory without talking about how the artist has been approached and criticized with the conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and whether they've had anything explicitly to say about it themselves, because these things, they do take on lives of their own. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important. It's important to consider that maybe they do have something to say that we can use that we find informative. So Jared, I know you had done some research there. Could you just (laughs) go ahead and uh, enlighten us on that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this was in late 2018. Avril went on Avril slash Melissa went on an Australian talk talk show and she was confronted with this question. She was asked about her, her clone or her body double. And what she said was, yeah, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Like, why, why would they even think that? Which is exactly what a clone would say. <laughs> I don't like it. I think that if, if you were trying to throw people off the scent, you would say something like that. If you were seriously still, if you were Avril, if you were the real Avril, wouldn't you have thought this through more? Wouldn't you well, have something to say? Wouldn't you want to defend your honor? No, no, because this, in my mind, is what happened. I don't believe that there is a Melissa. I believe there was a Melissa shortly afterwards, but Melissa believes that she is Avril because she is Avril. And at well, the Avril Levine that we're referring to is someone that is long dead and gone. Melissa is Avril Levine. And in her mind, she is Avril Levine. And there's no separation. She's there. fully inhabited it. She fully, well, I mean, fully accepted what, it. The death is supposed to take in place in what year again? 
Did it we was in 2004. It? Yeah. Okay. That's 14 years between then and the, the interview. Right. And she has lived yeah. the life of Avril Lavigne. She's married people as Avril Lavigne. She's every accomplishment of her life has been as Avril Lavigne. Melissa is dead. She sang with Marilyn Manson as Avril Lavigne. She did a pop song with Nicki Minaj as Avril Lavigne. She got called racist on the internet as Avril Lavigne. <laughs> so what, what, what's the moral of the story here? What's the takeaway? What do we need to know? Capitalism. It defeats the purpose if you can't get to the sound effect <laughs> within like 30 seconds. That is a terrible air horn. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Josiah. I've downloaded an app and then can't access it. I fucking hate this. We need to get like one of those launch pads that has all of the uh, the sound effects preloaded into it. Yeah. And then I can just like route that into my uh, into my audio. That'd be dope. Or like as a separate Wait, audio track. Jared, and we can do drops. Jared, are you are you Windows or Mac? I am Windows. Ah, shit, never mind. We but I'm also Mac. I, I, mean, I have a Mac, but I record on Windows because this is my, uh, my desktop, my, my gaming rig. If I could get away from Windows, I would do so in a heartbeat. Windows, Windows. fucks up with audio so hard. I hate it so much. It's not great. It's not great. That's why I edit, because I'm on a Mac. And also because Jared works a job and I'm unemployed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you just got to get loop back. Yeah. Oh, loop back. Oh, wow. Is this a product that you're mentioning? I was going to say, I mean, in, in post right now, I'm playing bad music. <laughs> <laughs> it is Rogue Amoeba's Loopback, which is a Mac-only software that allows you to loop audio between apps cleanly. And so, like, you could easily loop your audio from, say, Spotify into Discord so that you could record it in Craig. Fascinating. Wow. Um. So that's, that's a great option. Otherwise, there is another app from Rogue Amoeba that I cannot currently remember the name of, but it is literally a soundboard app where you can assign your little macro buttons and just hit them and it'll play back your sound. It's very clean. It's wonderful. It's great. My great friends over at I Have No Idea What I'm Doing use that for their soundboards on their show. Mm. And it's beautiful. I'll be honest, I would, I, it doesn't feel right to me to do it digitally. I would like to purchase a Novation Launchpad and have like a physical controller that I can run different sound effects from. Until you're willing to do that, though, I'll probably get the, get the app or something. Josiah, you, you underestimate my ability to purchase bullshit. What I would like is just a, to hire a small choir of children to stand behind <laughs> me and to sing Ave Maria on cue. Seth, can we hire you to sing Ave Maria selections of Ave Maria in our show? God no. Hey, I, I've got this. What I'm going to have you do right now is do a uh, say, say something or make a noise or whatever right now. That will be your sound bit that I will use in future episodes on my soundboard. Jesus Christ! There, that's good. That's a good one. Was that supposed to be it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's good. All right. 
here, here I, we go. And I'm going to so, keep adding. Oh, wait, wait. I've got it up. I, I, I yeah. could do more. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to, what I'm going to keep doing is do this from each guest and then put them all in the intro like good Christian fun. Yeah. To a point you can't hear the intro anymore. And it's just you going, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Guys, I can buy a, a Launchpad Mini for $110. Um, and then in real time, we can drop Seth saying, oh, God. Um, my, brother, like my brother just texted me and said, God, you are so loud. Nice. <laughs> Caleb, yeah. fuck off. He can't. He can't hear you. I'll tell him. Uh, Seth says, fuck off. All right, well, I feel like we've, uh, we've reached the natural up, conclusion yeah. of our discussion on how Avril Lavigne did, in fact, die. I think if, ooh, we, were, ooh, if we were a Mythbusters episode, we would have uh, confirmed across the screen right now. Okay, how about we go? Uh, I actually... I'll say what, we, what our stance is at the end of this discussion. Mm, that sounds a lot like freedom of speech, and I don't like it. But go ahead. <laughs> Seth, you go. What do you believe? So my, my stance is going to be a little bit more uh, more heartfelt and more sincere and authentic than maybe you were expecting after such a lighthearted, fun episode as this one. But I just want to take a moment to tell people, if you are basing your opinion of someone on an anonymous blog post that was published, <laughs> um, you know, almost two decades ago. Maybe you shouldn't be using that as an excuse to harass people and make their lives worse. Don't um don't fucking harass people. Uh, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. But do you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, 100%. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. okay, okay, cool. Um uh, yeah, I mean mine's quick. Mine I'm I'm at this solid plausible position. I, I can't really get farther than that, I don't think. Jared, what about you? If I'm being if I'm being like actually honest, I would say I don't buy it. <laughs> I think it's it's a bit of a stretch, but I do think it's to 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 Seth's point, it's a very interesting it, it's a very telling kind of conspiracy theory about how people view celebrities and how their their opinions of these things can be influenced. You know, it might be just backtracking, but even the the author of that blog post later came out and says, like, oh, it was just a social experiment. And as we know, social experiments always end well for everyone. Yeah. Always. Stanford, for instance. Very All good. All the time. <laughs> All the time. So no, I, I don't I don't buy it. That said, I think it is a very, very interesting thing to to dive into. And I think that if I were in Avril's shoes, I would a hundred percent lean into it. Yeah. And it would be <clears throat> pretty funny but that's where i that's where i stand uh see i'm i feel bad about doing this entire episode actually because like it is impossibly difficult to be a woman on the internet and it feels like these people have just made avril's life worse in every conceivable way i believe so yeah you are you are far overestimating the reach of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) there are three people I don't want to contribute to a culture of making people's lives worse. Yeah. Which sure. is why I have announced that I will be retiring from all podcasting. 
that yeah, I, I will say this podcast is uh is uh anti-harassing women just to make that clear very clear women, get the fuck out of here we don't want that um so i want to throw out there we, we gotta work into the last sections um i did not realize that we've been going for already an hour and a half so this is fulfilling the trend we have going on which is every episode is longer than the last <laughs> I really hope you get into like Gilmore Guys territory eventually. Yeah, we're just like we'll four there. hours. Yeah. This um, is gonna be like your day if you want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> like gotta take off work on Monday just to get through it. But they've got really important things to say about the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's wrap up our, our main portion and move onward and Seth. As is now tradition, can you do our Patreon ad? Yeah, you have to give us a Patreon ad. Oh, I'll advertise your Patreon. Yeah. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, what's the fucking name of this podcast? Okay, I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna start that again. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going. To, I'm not going to reference Tiger King this time because fuck Tiger King. Please um, edit that in. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping that. Hey, good evening. You're listening to Very Legal, Very Cool. If you like what you've been hearing, go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon. There's a variety of tiers that you can subscribe at. If you are willing to give us a mere $20 per month, you will get access to the unedited feed of every episode that's been recorded so far. And let's be clear, you will not want to listen to that. Everything you love about this show happened in post. But for 20 bucks a month, that could be yours. Damn it, he added a new tier. Oh my god, that's a good I, tier, though. I'm, I'm adding that so, right now. I'm so glad, though, like, our guests have caught on to they can say anything in this portion and it, that I'm stuck having to do it. Yeah. Because I'm already, yeah, the episode we haven't released yet, I have to buy $10 Patreon subscribers the uh, Magic Treehouse book about Jackie Robinson. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that we're going to have to move the book to the $20 tier. I, I think so, because I, I got to stop offering that. I already have to, I had to buy someone a copy of the Roswell incident. <laughs> <laughs> so then another important thing in our $10 region for a Patreon is that we uh, brutally mock um, our, our $10 Patreon subscribers. So I'm sending two Twitter handles at you. Uh, this is Jeff Van Dusen and Ross Dixon. And uh, we've got to tear them to shreds. Do some, uh, do some libel. Yeah, this. All pop- right, I, I can, I can easily start on this one. I can start on this one real easy. Jeff, Jeff, what the fuck is up with that Mustang photo on your Twitter? <laughs> God damn, do you think you're cool? And you clearly are not. What the? F- are you wearing boat shoes? What the <laughs> hell is your goddamn problem? Christ Almighty! Oh, look at me. I've got a yellow Mustang. I'm cool. I've got like a transformer. Shut the fuck up. It's like the worst color of one of the worst Mustangs you can buy. Like, come on. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Bumblebee wasn't even a Mustang. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand ever buying a, 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 like a yellow car. That's never, if I, especially if I wanted to be cool, I would like probably get black or red or something. I wouldn't. Yellow. It wouldn't be a Mustang. Like, come on. <laughs> if there's one car that just screams, I'm a douchebag, it's either a Mustang or a Camaro. Yeah, I'd say so. Or anything by Dodge. 
Yeah, you're also allowed to make shit up about them too if you want. So that's that's also a thing. Oh, it's so much more effective to actually pick on them. Yeah, you really want to get at their insecurities. Yeah. All right. What about Ross Dixon? I'm just scrolling through his Twitter and like trying to find something to to make fun of. And I think the thing to make fun of is it's just so boring. <laughs> I I I'm not sure that this guy is aware of the fact that you can make your own top level tweets. Right. Like you you don't have to subsist on just retweets. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. Picture of him with the AK forty seven. Like, is that actually him? No, that's um I mean, that's an airsoft gun, right? No, that's not. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like. I don't think that's him. It might be. It looks like. It looks kind of like the profile picture he has, except different. Yeah, maybe it is. I'm confused by this profile picture. I'm confused by this profile picture because is that George W. fucking Bush on the wall? I'm pretty (laughs) sure it is. Because um, I don't know if I don't know if you got the memo guy. George Bush is canceled. <laughs> so guy who so says is by extension canceled. I mean, what's what's with all the yellow here? Like we got the yellow Mustang with Jeff. We've got the yellow everything with Ross. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of yellow. Where where, where did we decide that yellow was a good color? I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about the yellow, but I do want to give the second guy. What's his name again? Ross. Ross. Ross, I do want to give Ross a a big compliment because he has earned it. They have earned it. I don't want to misgender them. I know nothing about them. He's uh, him. Well, he has earned this compliment, which is that, you know what? Great job not cleaning your mirror. You got the memo. Cleaning mirrors is canceled. So good job. (laughs) You're, You're really holding it up for everything that is good and right in the world. Don't clean that mirror. Nobody wants to see actual profile pictures they just want to be distracted by the random junk and crap that you have strewn across from your from decades of being a disgusting (laughs) disgusting pig yeah i feel like i need to stop scrolling through because everything i'm coming up with is just too mean to say online i've never heard that (laughs) oh wait (laughs) we're not supposed to say the mean thing god damn it you're gonna get me you're gonna get me killed (laughs) <laughs> now i'm glad seth goes a little harder than austin austin was like a nice person we were trying he was to a very mean, nice person you know we're like forcing him into meanness but you're just like yeah okay turn apart on it <laughs> josiah i have spent the last three years being mean to you on twitter so oh, yeah, i am true. warmed up i am flexed i am ready for this that's true <sighs> uh, see we did patreon um i mean it's just is it just plugs is that all we got left i think so I want to be clear. This is my real hair. Yeah. Get out of here. If I had any like real guts, I would have kicked you from the server right after you did that. <laughs> and we finished the podcast without you. All right. All right so yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into plugs. Per tradition, I'll go last. Oh, God damn it. Um, I'm going to plug books this time. That's the thing I haven't done. Nerd. I know, I know. Look at um, you, Mr. Josiah. I know how to read stuff. Two two books I'm gonna plug, uh, but I haven't finished either of them, so I might retract my plug in a future episode. But uh Bullshit Jobs by David Graber. Uh fantastic, fantastic book. Um, and then uh 
actually Epidemics in Society by Frank Snowden. Uh, very timely history book if you're into getting into that stuff. Uh, makes you pretty depressed about the state of things right now, but it's pretty good. Seth, got any plugs? So how, how many things am I supposed to be plugging here? I've, I've heard like two, three. Is that right? Um, it's usually one, but I mean, I always do two. So, uh, so we usually do two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're usually like different types of media. I mean, obviously I'm going to plug my own show and I don't think that that should count against me. No. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to plug idle curiosities, my podcast. We went over it at the beginning. Um, we would love for you to listen. We're just trying to have fun. It's not a serious show. If you only have room in your life for serious shit right now, I totally get it. Don't listen. But if you want something that's fun and relatable, where a Midwesterner in an East Coast, whatever, um, take shots at each other, this is this is it's 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 a lot of fun in my opinion. And then for like more sincere plugs, this morning before we recorded, and I know I'll be clear, we we recorded at ten o'clock this morning. Um, and before we recorded, I watched Andy Samberg's new movie, Palm Springs, on Hulu. I have given it four out of five stars on Letterboxd. Oh, nice. I thought it was very good. It's like early Happy Madison, like when Adam Sandler was at his peak, but it's less overtly mean. Oh. It's full throwaway jokes. It has something to say. Timothy Oliphant is in it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, go watch it. It's 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 really really fun. Nice. Uh, and then for a secondary plug, uh, do it. There is a new jazz record out from Terrace Martin, Robert Glasper, Ninth Wonder, and Kamasi Washington called "Dinner Party." Yeah. And it's kind of like it's one of those great new things that you think shouldn't be able to happen, but absolutely did. Where it is modern jazz that's built out of hip hop. That in 23 minutes, it slaps so hard that you're just going to put it on again and again. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's Dinner Party by Terrace Martin, Robert Glasper, Ninth Wonder, and Kamasi Washington. Oh, yeah. All right, Jared, did you come up with anything? All right, I did. I did. I've got, I've got two plugs. One, um, a song. A song by J.D. McPherson, Lucky Penny. Came across it the other day. Thought it was pretty good. I'm a big fan. It's kind of that, uh, you know, alternative rock, but also kind of Southern and folky, which is, for whatever reason, the kind of music I've been listening to lately. Um, very off-brand, per usual. But uh, my second plug, I think, is a, a book that is very relevant in today's atmosphere. It's something that everybody should probably read and will be, I think pretty relevant within the next especially within the next two to six months and that is the uh the sas survival handbook the ultimate guide to surviving anywhere <laughs> by john lofty wiseman uh this goes through such important life skills such as uh you know climate and terrain how to get food when you're surviving in the wilderness camping creating shelters surviving at sea and the the third edition brings in one very important um component, which I think will be especially relevant in towards the upcoming election, which will be urban survival and disasters. Oh, so oh, hell yeah. So yeah, how to survive in a city and how to survive after after disasters. Um, so I, I highly recommend that everybody have at least a passing knowledge of how to survive the rest of this year. 
I think and I do have an additional plug. I would like to plug the D and D player's handbook. It's uh, <laughs> when I've been playing D and D, I found it to be extremely helpful. Maybe it won't be for everyone, but I've personally gotten a lot of value from it. <laughs> I'm going to plug the anarchist cookbook by Will Powell. Uh, how to make a bomb, you know, I feel like all three of these would pair very well as like a gift set. <laughs> That's $50. Patreon subscriber, you get your SAS survival guide, the D and D manual, and Will Powell's anarchist cookbook. <laughs> I would also like to peg the Hal Leonard um, easy to play Wicked fake book. Oh, so nice. what this does is it just takes the songs from the musical Wicked, it condenses them down into just chords and the melody line, and makes it really easy to play. It's perfect for any of you who, Jesus Christ, this isn't a real recommendation. <laughs> okay okay i think this is i think we're done i think we're at the end i think we did it uh, we, we, did a, we did it boys i'd like to plug ending the fucking show um <laughs> uh, this is yeah. where the theme music comes on and we kind of filter out and well but we do have to say very legal very cool well i was getting there okay yeah. thanks for thanks for ruining that i mean if, if you want to take it i'm trying to remember oh, what you're, our, you're good, you're our good. episode was all right, all right all right so uh yeah thank you for listening in this is very legal very cool a show about dead people and the body doubles who replace them our music is enjoy a, your burrito our music is a garage band loop i found uh and i put a drum track behind it well, we're done all right all right uh, seth is dancing <laughs> All right, Seth. Story of your life in thirty seconds, while the while the while the theme music goes out. I I grew up evangelical, got married at nineteen. Um, now I host a podcast, and my life is pretty serene. <laughs> Beautiful.